all of you guys are looking really good from here. So thank you. And from over there too, from anywhere. So uh, we have been studying the topic of emotions. I'm going to move a little bit more. Okay, I'm centered. So we've been studying a little bit about um, handle, handling or how we manage emotions as Christians. Uh, we started with the topic of uh, how we develop joy in our lives. And as you can remember, back then we talked about how uh, being joyful doesn't come from the situations, the circumstances, or a worship service. We experienced a little bit of joy here, but joy is something that we continually have to be getting from, from the Lord. Also, we spoke about um, loneliness, when we feel lonely because we know that many times, whether you are unmarried, you are married, or you have children, uh, or you're on your own, um, a lot of people can experience loneliness, uh, even with a lot of people around them. So we talk about how David, you know, he experienced loneliness, but in the end, he was able to overcome that because he knew the relationship that he had with God, so he put his loneliness in perspective. We also spoke about the topic of gratitude, the emotion of gratitude, how we need to always be thanking God for his mercy, his compassion, his provision for the things that he's doing, uh, even for negative things that happen in our lives because the scripture does say in the book of Romans that all the things work for the good of those who love God. And Jesus, um, in, in the book of John, he said that in the world, we were going to experience suffering. He never said, you guys are never suffer. He never said, you guys are never going to have any problems, any difficulties, or you're never going to face any storms. But he did say, I will help you through the storm i will be with you in that boat i will help you walk on the water i will help you with things go the wrong way and unexpectedly asking my name so we need to develop that gratitude and last week we spoke about the emotion of fear how sometimes we have fears that can be uh, rational and sometimes we have fears that are not rational and some fears, you know, we make them bigger and bigger. And a fear is a fear. God help us, you know, through any kind of fears. And some fears are like real. So God help us, you know, through the fear. And David say um, in the chapter, you know, that we read last week that cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So fear could be a sign that danger is coming. Fear is a sign that, that you need to prepare to face a situation that is potentially negative, you know, in your life. Fear can be uh, an emotion that comes from something that happened to you in the past. And we also talked this week that sometimes people who express anger, we may see the anger in their eyes or their actions or the words that they say to us or in the way they treat us. But it's not the anger, the emotion that is coming from them. Sometimes anger is inspired by fear. Fear that you are intimidated to, intimidating to another person. Fear that maybe you are a very skillful person and somebody feels afraid of you. And 
the fear that they have in their hearts is expressed to anger and hostility to you. And, uh, and now, today, I want to speak to you on the subject of anger. And I want to be taking you, all of you, to the book of Psalms, again, chapter 79. Now, you have to understand that the Bible, first of all, doesn't say that you cannot get angry. Or because you're a Christian. Or because you're a pastor, you are not allowed to be angry. That's not what the Bible says. We all get angry, but... A lot of, um, most psychologists believe that anger is called a secondary emotion. So a secondary emotion because sometimes anger comes from uh, fear that you're experiencing, you know, in your life. Or it can also come from hurt that you are experiencing. So when you experience hurt, when somebody is hurting you or somebody has hurt you in the past or when you are afraid of something, sometimes... Anger comes uh, ahead of that, and that's, that's the way that you express your fear, the way you express uh, how you've been hurt. So that's why a lot of people call anger a secondary emotion because it comes as a result of fear or it comes as a result of being hurt. So uh, Psalm 79, uh, it was written by a musician, Afad, and uh, he was experiencing some anger. So as you're going to see in the scripture, you are allowed to be angry. You are allowed, you know, to, to get upset, you know, about things. But the scripture tells us that there's channels that we can use so that our anger doesn't turn into a sin. And then it turns into resentment. And then we become hostile to other people. And then we start hurting people or people start hurting us. We need to know how to manage anger because anger, if you are not careful, anger can bring not just spiritual issues into your life, but anger can produce also high levels of anxiety, high levels of depression. And once you have an episode of depression, if you're not careful, you can fall into a second episode of depression, and then if you don't manage your anger, then you can fall into a third episode of depression. And if by the third episode you have not dealt with your emotions in a biblical way, then you can turn into a third episode that will turn into a clinical depression. So also not only that, your body is going to feel it. You're going to be losing your sleep. You're going to be uh, feeling either too hungry or not hungry at all. And it's just going to mess you up. So we need to know how to deal with anger, whether that anger comes from hurt that somebody is doing to you or somebody did to you on the past or anger out of fear that you're experiencing. You have to ask yourself, why do I feel angry? Why do I have anger in my life? Why do I react angry? What's going on with me? Sometimes it's not the fact about the anger. It's the fact that there's fear in your life about something or there's hurt in your life that you need to take care of. So the book of Psalms 79, I'm going to read it and then um, we're going to talk about four points. Um, so this is something that is happening in Israel Israel and Jerusalem is completely destroyed. So this musician is experiencing in, in real time exactly what is going on. And I think this, this chapter is appropriate for the times that we're living in in the United States. 
because a lot of people in our country are acting not out of anger, acting out of fear. And you can see the fear being uh, disguised, you know, through anger because there's just fear or there's hurt, you know, in the lives of people. So we as Christians, we have to show the world, hey, it's okay to be angry, but we want you to know this is how we deal with anger in the eyes of God. Because if you do it on your own, you will end up hurting a lot of other people, and that is not what God wants you to do. So the psalm says, verse 1 and on, O God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. They have left the dead bodies of your servants as food for the birds of the sky the flesh of your own people for the animals of the wild. Now, let me tell you, uh, verse 2 is very important because in Jewish culture, it is extremely offensive not to bury or not to give people a proper burial. So this is a big deal. He is not complaining only about, God, look at all these people. He is seeing dead bodies around him. And he is seeing uh, bodies or corpses, you know, that are being eaten, you know, by animals. But he is also expressing, Lord, this is highly offensive that there's so many children of yours don't even have a place to be buried. Verse 3, they have poured out blood like water all around Jerusalem. And there is no one to bury the dead. So not having anybody to give a proper burial, it was and still is, you know, for people, uh, especially in Jewish culture, a huge, huge deal. Now, verse, verse 4, we are objects of contempt to our neighbors, of scorn and derision to those around us. Now he starts praying and he says, how long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will you, your jealousy burn like fire? Please notice that in verse number 5, he starts uh, praying and, and he starts expressing his emotions. One of the first things you know that we do when we are angry is we start expressing to God our anger in prayer. A couple of weeks ago, we have a, someone in, in our life group and um, we were discussing, you know, one of these topics, and, and he said, you know what, when I pray, I, I scream to God. And I, I tell God, God, I'm angry, and this is happening to me. Why? Why? And while everybody, you know, was surprised that he was saying that, I say, hey, you know what, that is good. Because if we read exactly how King David wrote the Psalms with emotion and feeling, we're going to discover that David, you know, was praying in the same way. And he said, I do this because he is my father. God is my father. And you know what I said? It totally makes sense because I have my father, you know, who pastors a church in El Salvador. And I love speaking to my dad. Me and my dad have a great, great relationship. And when I speak to my dad, uh, I usually visit him. We go the whole day to restaurants. Uh, you know, and from breakfast, lunch, and dinners, and snacks, 
uh, eating in different places, and I tell my dad, Dad, this is the way I feel, this is what happened, this is what I want to do, and I have complete confidence that I can, I can tell my father everything that is happening in my life. So God is also concerned. He is your father. He's not going to get offended because you're mad, because you're angry. He is a father who wants to listen to you. So the musician is saying, how long, Lord, will you be angry? Uh, will you be angry forever? What's, he's not questioning the character of God. Let me tell you that sometimes what happens is when we start seeing so many negative things around our lives, especially like this musician, he was seeing the destruction of Jerusalem in real time. He was questioning God when it comes to how long, God, will, will you be angry because of what we have done? Because he also says in verse 5, how long will your jealousy burn like fire? You know, the only time where we find the word jealousy is in uh, Exodus chapter 20. When God is saying, do not go with other gods. Do not worship idols. I am the Lord your God. Love me with all your heart, with all your strength. So he is recognizing in this verse that a part of the destruction, a part of the consequences, a part of the things, negative things that he's seeing in his life comes from sins, from mistakes, from the people who were born like, like 100, uh, 200, 300, 400 years before, and they went to look for other gods instead of Jehovah, God the Father. So verse number 6, he says, pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you or on the kingdoms that do not call on your name. So now in the present, he's saying, Lord, don't be, don't be mad at us anymore. Forgive us. Uh, look at, you know, what the other nations are doing. Verse 7, for they have devoured Jacob and devastated his homeland. Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. So he understands, hey, you know what's happening right here in Israel? We deserve it. I deserve, you know, what's going on because... Things that happen, things that we never repented for, and God is now judging us. But he is also at the same time asking, asking God, God, can, can this come to an end? Uh, verse 7, for they have devoured Jacob and devastated his homeland. Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. So the person who wrote the Psalms, you know, he understands, hey, these are the consequences for abandoning God. But I also recognize that in the midst of my destruction, in the midst of so many negativity around my life, I also acknowledge through my faith that God continues to be a merciful God. That God's mercy will surpass all understanding. And that's why he says in verse 8, he says, Have mercy, come quickly to meet us, for we are desperate in need. Help us, O God, our Savior, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. See, one of the things that we have to do when we are angry at somebody and, or we are angry at something or a situation, it's very easy to start blaming other people. It's very easy to say, you know what, you started. You told me this, I just answered. I told you, don't tell me this anymore, and you did it. You tested me, so here you are. This is me. 
No, I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to sleep in the couch tonight. If you want me to go with you, then you have to come and, and apologize to me. I mean, sometimes we even get mad at the dog, you know, because the dog is on the way. Get the way out of here. And, and we don't control it. So one of the things that we have to do when it comes to managing anger is we have to acknowledge the part that we did in the anger. We have to acknowledge it. And we have to apologize. I'm still reading, you know, verse 10 says, uh, Why should the nation say, where is their God? Before our eyes, make known among the nations that you avenge the poor blood of your servants. May the groans of the prisoners come before you with your strong arm preserve the condemned to die. Pay back into the laps of neighbors seven times the contempt they have hurled at you, Lord. So there's a little temptation sometimes, and we were talking about this, you know, in the life group, uh, imprecatory prayers, you know, in the Old Testament. Sometimes and when we are upset, when we are angry, when people have hurt us, sometimes we want the people, those people, to experience the pain that we are going through. Oh, this, uh, he got me so badly. Lord, Lord, in the name of Jesus, do something there. And, and sometimes look at, look at what he's saying. But the great thing is, you know what? He is praying about it. Isn't that great? That you can come to God and say, God, this is me. There's no need to hide it. I have a lot of arguments uh, with a lot of my friends who are non-Christians. Or with a lot of Christians who are walk up, who have walked away from the church, because a lot of people have the tendency to say, "Oh, I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites, you know, in the church." Oh, I don't want to go to church, you know, because there's people, you know, they behave in this way. And I tell them, "Man, what do you expect out of church? I mean, church is a spiritual hospital. Have you ever been to an emergency room?" I've been to an emergency room. I show up to the emergency room with a, with a flu, and I think I am the worst, and I'm like, I need somebody to give me attention right now. Once you go inside uh, the emergency room, you see a lot of other people that are worse than you. I mean, I, the last time I was at the emergency hospital, um, I, I had a flu, and I'm like, oh, I need to see the doctor right now. And they told me I was going to wait for two hours. And I'm like, no, no, I need to see him, Lord, speed up things. And then all of a sudden, you know, this guy came, and it was a teenager, like 17, 18 years old with his father. And his shoulder was completely broken. Like his, I, I can even describe you in details, you know, how this guy looked. And from what I heard, that they were going to have to put the bone back without anesthesia. So they were going to call other people to, to hold on to this young man so that he wouldn't move. So that they could pull, you know, the arm and put it back. And I'm like, he's really in a worse situation than I am. So when you go to church, this is a spiritual hospital. This is where people come to change. This is where people come to say, God, I need you. But the great thing about the writer is that he is telling God, and if you look at it um, in verse 12, he's being honest. He says, pay back into the laps of our neighbors seven times. He wants the people who hurt him to pay back seven times the pain that he is experiencing. 
Then he says, then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever from generation to generation. So I want to leave you with these four points today as we uh, learn about anger. Number one, when we feel anger, we believe that we've been wrong. We feel anger because we believe we've been wrong by other people, which lead us to, to want or desire vindication. So this writer is saying, verse 12, Lord, pay them back seven times. They did this to me. How, do, do the same to them, but seven times more multiply. And that's why we have to try to control anger. You know, I, I think I used to, I never had anger issues, but I used to be very reactive. Have you seen the people that are very reactive? They, somebody says something that they disagree with and then jump off right away and, and start, you know, like saying things. And, and then after five minutes of talking because they don't let you talk, they realize they have offended already a lot of people. So sometimes anger comes uh, and it makes us feel that we want vindication. And when we are, you know, experiencing anger, it's not about being right, you know, sometimes. Sometimes it's about, you know, the rule, following the rules of Matthew 18. Hey, you offended me. I offended you. I'm sorry. Let's pray. Let's get together. But let's not this anger be multiplying in the things that are happening, you know, with us in our relationship. So when we are angry, sometimes we want God, you know, to vindicate us. And one of the things that you have to know. I talk to a lot of people, you know, that, that experienced a lot of hurt, um, foster kids, uh, clients that I work with, you know, at my other jobs, sometimes church. And I have realized that when people feel hurt by somebody else, sometimes they feel like they want God to punish them. And you know what? Yes, the Bible says that revenge belongs to the Lord and God is a just and for God he will do whatever out of, you know, just to help you, sustain you, lift you up. But you don't have to be concerned about the other person's uh, life. Be concerned about yours. You know, sometimes when you can't change people's attitude or anger towards you, you apologize and, and you pray for that person. Just like Jesus did. He said, you pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Because sometimes other people don't change. So I am not going to play this same game. I am, I'm not going to be, you know, reacting to the same. So that's number one. And number two, sometimes in dealing with anger, we must first admit that we are angry. Have you ever talked to somebody that, you know, got offended because of something and you asked them, are you okay? Are you mad? No. <laughs> they respond, no, I'm not mad. But, you know, they, they keep ignoring you and, but you're acting mad. Are you angry? What do I do? Nothing. Just nothing, and they keep walking away. When we feel angry in our lives, it's very good to, you know, to admit that we are angry. So one of the things that I like about this psalm is that this man, Aphat, he did not hide that he was angry. I mean, he didn't hide it in the eyes of God. He came to, to God as the father that God is and said, God, 
this is the way I feel. Lord, pay them back seven times. I don't know how he said it. He probably said it like in a more dramatic way. But he did admit that, you know, he was, he was angry and he said, like, Lord, forgive us or forgive me. So in dealing with anger, we first must admit that we are angry. Um, we all deal, you know, with anger in a different way. Um, I don't know how you guys deal with anger. But I remember I used to be very angry uh, when I was a little kid and teenager. Because the last day I saw my mother... When I was nine years old, it was in an environment of a civil, civil war. Shootings, airplanes, people killing each other. And one day, I was waiting for my mom. It was 10 p.m., and my mom did not show up. So behind my dad's back, I grabbed my bicycle. And I rode my bicycle like five miles to get to the job where my mom worked at the time. And I was knocking on the door like at 11 p.m. And then the business owner comes. He sees me and she's like, what in the world are you doing here? You're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get killed. And, you know, she was really, really angry that I was outside. And I said, where's my mom? She's not home. Where is she? And that lady told me, your mom quit about two weeks ago. I don't know what you're talking about. I went back home. My siblings know were crying. My mom had left the country and I didn't see my mom for 20 years. There were no emails back then. There were no WhatsApp back then. There were not. Uh, the only thing that we could communicate through was letters. And the letters written by hand on a paper, they last like six months. They will used to last like six months to get to a place. So it was really hard. And I had all this anger, you know, building me for a long, long time. And then when I had the opportunity to meet my mom again after 20 years, I had to forgive the hurt that was done to me so that the relationship could be restored into a good relationship. And I'm telling you right now, me and my mom, every day at 5 p.m., she's calling me. How are you doing? How are you doing? In the beginning, I was like, oh, too many phone calls, but... But now I miss it. You know, when, when, when it's 5.05 and she hasn't called me, I'm like, okay, should I call her now? Or, and so we have restored, you know, that relationship. But you have to admit it. What is it about your life? Why are you angry? Why are you hiding? Why are you walking away? Are you acting out of fear? Are you acting out of hurt? Come back to the Lord. Express what you feel. Share with him because he is a good father. He is going to help you. If you have offended somebody, number three, we need to seek forgiveness for our own role in the situation. When I restore my relationship with my mom, I had to come to God and not just blame my mom for having left us 20 years. But I had to come to God and say, God, I, I need you to forgive me because I said a lot of bad words, uh, you know, during that time. And now because I was angry. So I pray, Lord God, that, you know, yeah, that you help me, that... That you help me forgive, forgive me, you know what I did, so that things can be restored. So we have to admit, you know, that we are angry. I remember um, there was one time in a church, big, big church. This church has a ministry of men who have bikes. You know, have you seen those bikes in the freeway? Really huge bikes, you know, where people are riding like this. And uh, you're like, how do they do it? 
So there's a ministry in this church that has about, this church is about 20, 20,000 people. And there's a ministry of at least 100 bikers that they go on the freeway and they evangelize. They talk to people about Jesus. It's a really, really cool ministry. And one day when, when, this, man, when this man got saved, one time they show up with all the, the, the bikes, you know, at the church. Uh, a bunch of them, you know, got saved and they came to the front. And the pastor started saying, so you are now forgiving your past because Jesus forgives you today and today Jesus becomes your savior. So the enemy, the pastor said, it's under your feet. So tell the enemy, this is it. And do to the enemy whatever you want. And in the name of Jesus, you are free. So all the, the bike riders, you know, started saying, I quit with you. Devil, I leave you in the name of Jesus, and uh, you are the worst, and I'm never going back to you. I give up my drugs, my alcohol, and everything in the name of Jesus for my new life. And, and you know, behind those bunch of guys, there was a guy that was flipping off, you know, like um, on the floor showing the, the middle finger and saying, in, have it. You have it, enemy. I, you have it. You have it. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody came to him and said, uh, we, we don't show the middle finger in church. <clears throat> Actually, nowhere. Or let alone when you're praying. And this, guy, and this guy said, I'm just so angry that the enemy took so many years away from my life. So... Hey, but he was honest. He didn't know what he felt. So point number, uh, number three, we need to seek forgiveness for our own role in the situation. We take responsibility. And number four, we need to leave room for God to work in our lives. Luke 6, 27, 28 says, For to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do, go, do, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Um, pray for those who mistreat you. Somebody's causing damage to you, hurt to you, give them to God. God, here you are in the name of Jesus. Romans 12, 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Clench to what is good. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, and I love this verse because look at what the Apostle Paul is saying. In your anger, do not sin. So Paul is saying, okay, people, Christians, you can get angry, but do not, do not sin. Do not become so offensive. You can get angry and, you know, when you're praying and release all your emotions with God. But in the end, he says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That means do not let your anger go for such a long, long, long time. Do not give the devil a foothold. So this is what I want you to take home today. Number one, it's okay to get angry. But don't let it last, you know, for a long time. Number two, anger can come out of, out of feeling that you are being hurt by somebody or just a simply fear that you are afraid of something and people express that in anger. 
So number three, when you are extremely angry, come to God and release that on prayer. Number four, seek for forgiveness and let God do the rest. Trust me, guys. I'm telling you, when somebody is causing damage to you, all you need to do is leave it on God's hands. And I'm telling you, the rewards are great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for how beautiful you are. Lord God, during, during these times, Lord God, in, in this country, Lord God, where a lot of people, Lord God, express anger sometimes in not a healthy way. We pray today, Lord God, that we express whatever anger we may feel through the channels that the scripture teaches us, Lord. We can come before you and we can be sincere about how we feel. Uh, we can ask, Lord God, for anything. You listen to us. You're not going to condemn us, Lord God, for being angry or, or, or admitting to you that we are angry. But, Lord, that anger should not turn into hostility towards other people, hostility towards people who, in your eyes, are also creation and also your children. So we pray, Lord God, that we will be peacekeepers, just like you said, Lord God, um, that blessed are those who are peacemakers. We need more peacemakers in the church, in the community, at work, in the school. In the name of Jesus, amen.